Welcome to Radar Contact, the air traffic management podcast by Fox ATM. Welcome to another episode of Radar Contact. My name is Kasia Żmudzińska and I'm an air traffic management consultant working closely with Fox ATM. And I will be the host of today's episode in which we are going to talk about university education and research in air traffic management. I'm glad to introduce our today's guest, Dr. Marina Efteniu, Assistant Professor and Aviation Management Program Director at Dublin City University, a former colleague and a friend of mine. Welcome to Radar Contact, Marina. Kasia, thank you very much for the warm invitation and the welcome. I'm very glad to be here, a great honor. I hope many of my students that they are listening to your uh, podcast at uh, Fox ATM. Uh, so I'm glad to be part of it. Thank you very much, Kasia. It's a pleasure to have you uh, on the show, Marina. Can you uh, tell us about your background and expertise? I think in aviation, we have two types of people. Those who come from an aviation background, meaning that they have a family member who works in aviation, and those who are fascinated by the industry. So I belong to the second category. I did my uh, degrees, uh, undergrads, masters in management and business. And uh, then I continued with a PhD on aviation because it was so exciting. So then, uh, as you said, uh, we're former colleagues. Uh, so I went and I worked for Eurocontrol for two years. Uh, it was a very interesting experience, very enlightening. I met very good experts there and uh, it definitely increased my knowledge. So I finished my PhD and my PhD was on single European sky, looking at environmental performance indicators for uh, air navigation service providers and also the emissions trading scheme and the interrelation of the two different policies. Academia excited me. Uh, I went to work for uh, various universities. I worked after Eurocontrol, I worked for uh, University of West London. And uh, for the last uh, six, seven years, I have been working for Dublin City University. So here I do research on uh, anything that fascinates me, everything that is contemporary and interesting, uh, including air traffic control. Uh, I have been doing a number of executive courses uh, for various airlines and airports as part of uh, IATA or on my own capacity and also some consulting uh, and research projects. And uh, I'm designing and developing uh, education programs uh, for uh, post-experience students from air transport. Uh, last time we spoke, you mentioned about working on a book uh, about ANSPs. I think this is something really interesting. And could you say uh, a couple of more words about uh, what the book will be about and uh, who will be the readers of the book? We have seen a number of books being published in air transport and also specifically on air traffic control, some excellent books. But I think that lately an emerging topic and aspect of uh, ATC and a topic that has been recognized by Fox ATM as a significant one is the liberalization, the deregulation of the market and the emergence of uh, different business models and the need for ANSPs to be more commercial. So this book is looking exactly at this element. Uh, there are not many academic books, uh, also for practitioners, that they will be looking at uh, the performance of uh, ANSPs or the market structure. So this book, uh, which is published by Taylor and Francis, it, it's called Air Traffic Management Principles, Performance and Markets. It is written by various collaborators, people from Borealis, the Irish Aviation Authority, 
different universities across uh, the world. ANS, which is a private ANS, has contributed also with a book chapter. And uh, I was lucky enough to also have the support of the industry from EASA and Eurocontrol, uh, writing boards and endorsements. And something that I need to highlight is that the earnings of the books, they're going to Orbis. Uh, Orbis is an NGO that uh, aims to fly the voidable blindness and has received great support from aviation uh, that they have provided uh, aircraft uh, converted to flying surgeries. Very interesting. And when can we expect the book to be available? Oh, I think it will take a while, Cassie. I think it will take a year uh, for the publisher to do all the proofreadings and uh, the editorial process. But in around uh, a year time, the book is going to be published and out. Okay, and now back to the university courses. And um, I have been curious recently about uh, the offer of university courses in ATM. And I discovered that uh, some of them are mostly about getting a good understanding of airport operations or network operations. Some other focus more about financial and legal aspects of ATM. As for aviation management program at DCU, it is a postgraduate course and it is part of the DCU business school faculty. I think the scope of the of the program is broader than than ATM. Could you say a little bit more about the course? I'm particularly interested in any subjects related to ATM. The aspect of education is really important. We have seen a number of educational institutions across Europe and beyond Europe lately developing courses at an undergraduate and at a master level for aviation, which I think it's again an indication on how strong the industry is becoming and also Highlighting the need for talent who has specialized and has been properly educated on air transport. So Dublin City University started developing its courses after it was approached by the industry. So we had uh, Dublin Airport and a number of airlines coming to us saying that uh, they are looking for their employees to have an educational background in air transport. And that's why we start developing the courses. So at the master level, there are, as you very correctly mentioned, a number of uh, institutions that they look at aircraft leasing, aeronautical engineering, uh, air transport management, or focusing on certain aspects like uh, human factors and safety. The course that we provide, uh, which is at the master level and the executive level, looks at aviation leadership. We have recognized, and again, I'm coming back to this element of commercialization of uh, the ATM and the driving forces behind that in the last years. And we have recognized that an aviation manager needs to understand the wider spectrum of air transport because it's a very multidisciplinary industry. And uh, we have seen that uh, middle and senior managers, they will have a very deep knowledge of their sectors, but sometimes they ignore what is happening in the other areas of air transport. So the course is trying to address these kind of elements. So it will provide, it does provide a wider understanding of their transport, looking at um, airline management, airport management, but also looking at specific elements like uh, regulation and policies for air transport and understanding what those mean? What does single European sky, for instance, mean for air traffic control companies? What does Cesar joint undertaking mean for uh, practices and operations for uh, ATC companies? How do you implement change management in an aviation context? 
And then I'm very happy to say that we are in the process of constantly improving the course after close consultation with the industry. So we have included modules like digitalization of aviation operations and business analytics. So this topic and this element, uh, I, I particularly think it's very important for air traffic control when we start seeing the emergence of uh, disruptive technologies and innovation. For instance, how artificial intelligence is going to affect ATC. Uh, how 5G is going to affect ATC. Uh, so elements like those uh, are topics that are discussed in, in the course, aiming to provide a better understanding of those buzzwords that we all hear and sometimes we use, but we don't really understand how do you take informed decisions about their implementation and how do you monitor their performance and continuous improvement of the processes. Then we also look at, uh, in the course at DCU, uh, we also look at elements of sustainability and green innovation. And again, I, I know that when we talk about sustainability, it's very topical. It's maybe one of the most constant um, challenges uh, that their transport is currently facing. It has a huge relation to their traffic control. If we look at all the reports from um, ICAO and uh, Eurocontrol and FAA and various organizations like this, we see that airspace architecture can improve environmental efficiency by 6 to 12% through architecture, through improvements in the routes. And then again, looking at elements like those, I think are important aspects that ATC needs to consider if they want to remain current and if they want to drive a business through innovation and uh, responding to the industry needs. Thank you for this interesting answer. And now, um, I think after the two years of COVID, when the aviation was in a hibernation mode, we are these days witnessing some big changes in our industry. And we can hear more and more about some topics that we haven't heard that much before. I mean here drones, integration of drones in our current ATM system and use space, how to make it all work in a safe and efficient and sustainable way. Another big topic is, as you already mentioned, uh, artificial intelligence and uh, machine learning, how this technology Technologies and concepts can be used in, in ATC or to support or maybe to replace air traffic controllers in the future. And I wanted to ask you, what is your view about the future jobs in ATM? Which skills and knowledge will be needed and which skill sets will become obsolete? Um. Katia, that's a very good point. We have seen the emergence of different topics like artificial intelligence, machine learning, integration of drones into commercial passenger traffic and cargo traffic. So all of those elements are going to happen, are already happening in certain geographical regions more than others. So I think that this drive for innovation is leading towards the need for different types of skill sets, uh, the different type of competences. So we have seen that uh, aviation companies are now looking for uh, talent that is uh, educated for sure, but it's also aware of all of those technological ch challenges and uh, disruptions happening in air transport management. At DCU, we do have an industry advisory board that meets twice per year. And the first question that we ask is, what kind of skills, what kind of competences do you want your employees to have? So we have identified a number of competences. So we see that uh, now they're looking for critical thinking. 
So they are looking for somebody who can evaluate and uh, have an evidence-based approach to learning and forming opinions and making decisions and solving problems across multiple uh, contexts. We see that there is a need for people that have uh, creativity and also innovation. We see the need for talent that uh, is business aware, but also has a number of technological expertise and competencies. They are looking for people who can communicate in, in various ways, in a written form or an online form, and also use different formats for their communication. They are looking for people who have advanced leadership uh, competencies, but are also uh, self-aware. And uh, they are looking for this type of people who are highly motivated to learn. They are looking for people who learn how to learn. When you give your employee a new type of project, even though that they might not be very aware of the, the workings of the project, that they have this competence that they can fill in gaps fast, that they can find the relevance and importance in their work for that project. People who are agile, people who are adaptable to any kind of external shocks and challenges, and also people who understand the need for ethical practice and the need for sustainable practice, because this nowadays is a societal expectation for any company. So we have seen certain skills or certain competencies having higher demand. I don't think that you mentioned earlier, Cassia, not having any more air traffic controllers. I think that we're very far away from that. I think that we do keep having a number of still in aviation, a number of jobs that they will continue to exist. Uh, we might notice a change in the title, might become a little bit more uh, sexy or more current uh, or a different way of advertising a, a certain type of job. Uh, but I don't see jobs disappearing. But what I really see is jobs appearing. So there is more need for uh, talent that understands data. Due to all these driving forces for uh, Doing something with all those uh, great data that aviation is generating, there is a need for data scientists. There is a need for people who can apply machine learning. There is a need for people who can process the information to support senior management of doing the, taking those informed decisions uh, for the business. So I see more of the enhancement of existing competences and building up new rather than having competences that they come absolute. In the context of what you just said, do you think that university aviation programs will be adapting to these changes and will follow the industry trends or they will rather stay similar? Yeah, that's a tough one. So as an academic, I feel like I need to defend universities, but at the same time, I want to be quite frank. So universities usually, they're slow moving organizations, but at the same time, aviation is moving fast. So I think we have different types of academic institutions. There will be those that they are creating talent and graduates that they are ready for work. And therefore, they will be constantly updating their curriculum and their ways of teaching and their ways of learning and uh, being in close cooperation with the industry for developing those graduates. And therefore, they will not be hesitating. They will not hold back to innovate and prepare graduates that they are ready for work. And then there are those institutions that uh, they are quite slow moving, uh, that they will preserve 
courses that they have been running for the last 10 years or 20 years without updating their curriculums, but putting effort on the marketing while not serving the needs of the industry and developing the competencies that are important for the graduates and the industry. So I think we have two types of uh, institutions there, but uh, definitely every single institution, every single academic educator, they need to remain current with the industry. Uh, I know that uh, academics, we receive a lot of criticism for being in our own world and not uh, in close contact with the industry. And I take that criticism and understand where that's coming from. But it is very important that academics conduct research that supports the industry, not for the sake of research. It is important that academics, they create courses, they create modules that they are current and uh, also forcing the type of competency, skills and knowledge that graduates need to have, not the time that they teach the module, but the time that they graduate and the five years after that, because it's a matter of creating those skills that they will be there for uh, the, the, the next years, not only for the year that the student is doing the course, memorizing the response, sitting for the exam, passing it, and then everybody being happy. It doesn't work like that, no. And uh, Marina, now let's talk a little bit about research in ATM. What direction of research and development activities are now important or most interesting? And what is that ATM needs to know now or investigate further? Do you think there are any areas where there is no research and there should be? The research in air transport, in air traffic, let's call it like this, has been happening for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, if not more. So we have seen traditionally research being around procedures, landing, uh, taking of procedures, around uh, slot coordination and operational research around efficiencies for ATC. We have seen research being on uh, human factors and safety and situational awareness and workload for controllers and so on. But I think that a significant research gap that hasn't been adequately addressed yet is the element of having commercially run ATC. So air traffic control companies, air navigation service providers have been traditionally owned by the government and run by the state, whereas now, especially in Europe, we do see a movement towards reshaping the industry and asking air traffic control companies to run with commercial criteria. And many of them, they're not even equipped for doing that. So we see the emergence of new business models, the emergence of new ownership models in many cases. We see the liberalization in the terminal air navigation uh, services uh, with, for instance, example of Gatwick and Ferronauts and ACR uh, Sweden. Uh, so I think there is an important element that requires even further research. How air traffic control companies, how air navigation service providers can be commercially driven, but at the same time not compromising safety. How do they lead innovation? How can they serve the customers, their, their space users, in the most cost-efficient way? How can we develop and design the routes that they are sustainable, that they consider all the unit rates and um, the routes that they follow, while at the same time thinking of the KPIs on sustainability and flight efficiency? Uh, so those are elements that I think that they will require a little bit further research 
uh, both from academia and the industry. And at the same time, also emerging topics like how do you integrate newer space users like drones, for example, with civilian traffic and military traffic? How do you protect against cyber attacks, for instance? How do you capitalize on technological innovations like artificial intelligence and machine learning and uh, blockchain for smart, smart contracts, 5G and elements like that to drive business in the most efficient and effective way? These are all definitely hot topics these days, and I'm really curious myself how things are going to look like in the nearest future. So thank you, Marina, for all these uh, insightful answers. At the end, I wanted to ask you our signature question. How do you see education and university studies in ATM in the next five years and in the next 50 years? In the next five years, I see modules related to use space, drones, artificial intelligence, workload for controllers, elements of sustainability for ATC being included in the curriculum of uh, education, but also elements of benchmarking for ANSPs, commercially driven business for ANSPs, elements more of the management business side being included. Then For 50 years from now, I see education going towards micro-credentials. Micro-credentials is a concept that somebody can take individual modules and start building up a bachelor or a master degree. So that means that somebody can pick modules that interest the individual, that then can be accumulated and grouped to a degree. Me personally, as a female and also as a person who has been working on uh, diversity and inclusion in the last years, we need to remember that in our efforts of the industry to be more inclusive, there are groups of employees that for various reasons they might need to take a few days off or they might need to switch to a part-time or there might be some times that are extremely busy and they're really overworked. So serving those needs as an academic institution, we need to acknowledge that and give the opportunity for those people to do a degree on their own pace, where somebody can complete a degree within two years, or somebody can complete a master's degree within three years or four years, uh, selecting modules on their own pace and modules that develop the competencies and serve the, the curiosity needs of the individual. That sounds very interesting. It uh, sounds for me like the students of ATM courses will be able to pick and match their own modules in the way they like and they find useful for their own career. It seems that the university education will be more tailored to an individual. That's exactly like this. But at the same time, having some modules that can be considered core because you need to have the standardization of knowledge. Otherwise, you might end up with somebody choosing only the very easy <laughs> modules and forgetting the fundamentals. And at the same time, it's also a model where there is more hybrid learning. COVID has brought a lot of disruption, but it has also brought a, a number of revolutions in education. And that's the hybrid learning environment, the online learning environment, which I think it suits particularly for air transport. We have air traffic controllers in our cars that they have been based outside of Ireland. So that means that for them, they can complete 
a course while being in France, while being in Spain, while being in the Middle East. And then at the same time, benefiting from an international student experience, having a lecturers around the world and having also classmates around the world and from different uh, companies at the same time. The other thing, an element in, uh, in academic edu- in education, in aviation education, is that you will have air traffic controllers who do not have a bachelor degree. So automatically that means that those air traffic controllers who want to do a master degree in some countries or in some institutions that exclude it because they do not have the primary degree. In our university, we recognize air traffic control officers and the training for getting this license as experiential learning. And then that combined with a three, five years work experience, that means that we recognize that to an equivalent of a bachelor degree, which I think is very important considering that those people might want to progress in their career with a management position or a promotion, and at the same time expanding their knowledge in air transport. It is important to say that getting the qualification for ATC, it's a very lengthy and difficult process, and those learnings are recognized by DCU and also by some other uh, educational institutions as equivalent to a primary degree. I think this is a very good point. So aviation management is a postgraduate course, which means that your students are already aviation professionals, right? They're primarily aviation professionals because it's a post-experience course. And mm-hmm. so we have students who are at the director level in leading airlines, working for the Irish Aviation Authority, for Romani airports, we had people. So they are senior middle and senior managers in the vision industry that are looking just to progress uh, their career and also learn more about the industry they love. Thank you, Marina, for this uh, very interesting uh, conversation. And I learned a lot about education and ATM and about uh, academic life. Thank you so much for the conversation and have a great day. Thank you very much, Cassia. Thank you. And thank you, Fox ATM. This was Radar Contact. Visit foxatm.com or your favorite podcast platform for more.